Let's go to space. Space. It's the final frontier I hear some people say. Whoa, what? I know, very surprising. Venture roads take me home to the space I belong. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's how the song goes. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I have to do a crossover now. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Enemy Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen, Ladium. Hello. This is episode 356. We're going to talk about that that star failed. We're going to fuse through the floor. Mm-hmm. Bethesda style. Exactly. Todd Howard is here. He's got a gun pointed to my head, and he said, "You better say nice things about this game." Yeah, that sounds about right. I've seen the Todd bot. I'm gonna I know do it, like. Todd. Don't, don't put it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see yeah. how many times I can say Bethesda as a verb in this. Bethesdaing. Bethesdaed. But yeah, this is the new Bethesda game. It's in space. Space. And it plays a lot like those other games. <laughs> like the Fallouts and the Elder Scrolls. Correctamundo. You mean it's a Bethesda game? It that... plays like a Bethesda game? It's very surprising. You're right. Wow. But yeah. Uh, this is their first Microsoft exclusive ever since getting bought out by Microsoft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Came out on September the 6th of this year for the PC and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, this game was announced in 2018, if you remember. No. I Five remember years anything. ago, where they announced this and that they were making Elder Scrolls 6. I do remember that. But yeah, a long, long time ago. In, the in a galaxy scope. far, far away. Nope, no, no. <laughs> Mm -mm. Space. Space. Ugh. Star field. Yes, that's, that's the name of the game. Star, not a Star War. Or Trek. Or Trek. It's just a field. Do you realize we've made both Star Wars and Star Trek jokes like within five minutes of each other? That's what we're here to do. Hell yeah. Anyways, let's talk about the development of this video game. Let's do it. Hey, do you know this is the first new IP by Bethesda in over 25 years? Oh. <laughs> it's a long time. I didn't realize it had been that long. Uh, it's also been described by director Todd Howard as Skyrim in space. <laughs> it's a Bethesda game in space. That makes yeah, sense. That's, yeah. Yep. Uh, the studio had been delving into space-themed games since as early as 1994, according to Howard. They had acquired the rights to make a game based on the Traveler role-playing system, but shortly lost them. Their Delta Five game in 1994 had been part of this Traveler license, but had not been fully realized. Where do you think they lost them? Did they did they put it under Todd Howard's bed and he just couldn't find it anymore? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, the Tenth Planet was a canceled space combat game from which the atmosphere of Starfield was derived. Howard stated that they had they had rights to Star Trek in the 2000s, and he pitched an idea for a role playing game in that setting, but this failed to be approved. Uh, while Bethesda, Bethesda had wanted to do a science fiction game for some time and had strong ideas for its gameplay style, it took a while to cement the ideas behind Starfield that would distinguish it from other science fiction games already released. 
They came onto a theme which led artist Itzvon Pelli, dubbed NASA Punk, that although set in humanity's future, used technology that can be traced to origins in various natural or national aeronautics and space administration space missions. That's NASA. Why didn't, why didn't they just say NASA? I don't know. They had to spell it out for us, I guess. <laughs> uh, Bethesda's team began writing a fictional narrative of events by events by decade of the approximate 300 years from development to the game's present in order to ask, and now man is living amongst the stars. What does that mean? According to Howard. Okay. Uh, Starfield's concept had been in the studio's planned development plans for some time prior to the trademarking of the name in 2013. Of other potential names for the game, Howard said, there were no other names. It had to be Starfield. Uh, He said active development of the game had been ongoing since the release of Fallout 4 in November of 2015. Uh, by mid-2018, the game was in production and had already been in development for some time. It was in a playable state and is the first game that they have made using Creation Engine 2. Bum, bum, bum. So there's that. Uh, this has some stuff about like the various versions of the game, but yeah, that's the thing. They put it out on these platforms. That's, that's all you got to know. Uh, on the Metacritic... It has an 86 out of 100 on the PC version, an 84 out of 100 on the Xbox Series X and S version, and an 85% on Open Critic. Oh, I remember social media was exploding about all these. You know, as it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then looking at sales, Starfield reached over 230,000 concurrent players in the first two hours of early access on Steam. Uh, on September 6, 2023, Phil Spencer announced that Starfield has become Xbox's most played next-gen game ever with 1 million concurrent players. It also became Xbox and Bethesda's most wishlisted Steam game in its history. On September the 7th, Bethesda announced that Starfield had over 6 million players, making it Bethesda's biggest launch. And then it reached 10 million players by September 19th. Turns out a lot of people wanted to play a new Bethesda game, which is not surprising in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Uh huh. Bethesda games are popular. It is true. They are popular. People really like these games. No, it makes sense. I mean, like, I I really liked, well, I played Fallout 3, and I really liked uh, Oblivion and Skyrim. Uh huh. So. It turns out if you want another one of those kinds of games, this is essentially it. <laughs> but in space. But, but in space, yeah, that's that's the key difference. Um, it definitely I do plays, like space. Yeah, it, it definitely plays a lot. I think more like, obviously more like Fallout than an Elder Scrolls game because, you know, mm-hmm. there's like guns and stuff in it. So, and it's more akin to like the present, even though it's in the near future and stuff like that. So you're not just running around with a sword and magic and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is, it is essentially, it's a Bethesda game. You know, if you've played one of these before, you know what you're getting into when you play this game or if you want to play this game. Simple as that. Uh, I played this game on the Xbox, but I had to play it via the cloud service because it is not available on the Xbox One. Rip. But you can play it, you know, via Game Plus Cloud. Uh, and that was an interesting experience, I'll say. Oh. Uh, for the most part, it worked fine. Like I will say that it was like you know relatively okay uh Mm -hmm. it was very weird that i mean obviously because it's a big game this is probably a reason why but uh it is very weird to click on a game and then be like all right you gotta wait 10 minutes in this queue for you to play this game (laughs) 
Oh. Hmm. But again, I, I, I'm assuming that's because a lot of people were using the cloud service to play this game. So, like, right. their servers were getting hit hammered more than usual. Um, but just it was just one of those weird things. Um, and then there was obviously, of course, like, parts where, like, the connection got spotty. The game would start to act real funky. Where, like, it's like you would get, like, latency and lag introduced into the game when you're just, like, running around. So, like, that wasn't great. But, again, that's just, like... That's just a byproduct of playing a game on the cloud. Mm-hmm. You know, if the, if your connection gets a little funky, the game's going to get a little funky. So that's just, you know, that's just going to happen. Right. Uh, it doesn't give you really, I, I don't think it gives you many options, though. If you're playing the cloud version, it's kind of like, this is the version we're giving you, and that's it. You're going to play this how we want you to play it. So if you wanted to, like, you know, have, like, performance mode or resolution mode or like change any type of settings that way like this is not the version to play okay you're better off playing a version that you can get on you can download to your console or your pc or something like that but if you're if you're a person like me you can't do that like this is this is what you got and like what you get is fine it's like it's no real big deal but if that's a stickler for you then that's something to to keep in mind for sure um Certainly, I would say this was a less buggy Bethesda game than most of its other predecessors at launch. That does not mean that there are instances of it being a Bethesda game. (laughs) Um, It certainly seemed like, you know, the first three quarters of this game, they kind of like, they really tightened things down. But then, like, once you start getting towards the end of the game, is that's when things started to get real funky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was just like a byproduct of them trying to like front load it and make it look good in the beginning to make it less of the... Look at all these weird things that are happening type deal. Um, but yeah, you still you get the Bethesda stuff. You get the Bethesda experience if you are wanting that at times. Oh, it's just, man. It's just not going to be as prevalent or persistent maybe as those other games. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I certainly do love the Bethesda experience of, well, now I'm just floating for no reason. Mm-hmm. Or I've... I've sunk halfway into the floor. Cool. Or this character is just somewhat not here. Love that experience. Yeah. And I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely like saying that like it's bad. It shouldn't happen, but it's hilarious. So like it's just what I expect at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day. How is this as a video game, you might be asking. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, hear, I am asking. I hear Al's asking, how is this as a video game? I am asking. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, I'm not a person who, like, immerses themselves and gets, like, incredibly deep into these Bethesda stories and everything. Like, I play through them once and I have a decent time and I'm like, all right, cool. And then I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's kind of how I am. Like, I I know people who have gone back and played, you know, Skyrim multiple times and all those games and all that sort of stuff. I played Skyrim once and I was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Fallout 4, so that's, you know, it's, it, it's at least better than that. Um, but, like, if it's, it is the, it's that experience that you're going to get. Like, if you want to dive into a long or, like, just into a universe and immerse yourself into this kind of story and everything like this game's going to give you all that stuff to do so if you want to really 
just fully get deep into all that. But if you're also someone like me who like you know plays through these games once and everything, like you're you're gonna get an okay experience out of it. Like it's not gonna be like something that I think blows you away per se. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you'll come away from it and be like, yeah, this was fine. I you know. I don't feel like I had a bad time playing this. Like, it's okay. Um, I will say, I think the game... There was those quotes that came out uh, right before the game came out. Where I've been like, yeah, the game doesn't really start getting good until the end of the game. And they're kind of right. Oh, no. <laughs> like To be fair, like I think they should have maybe said it doesn't get more interesting until the end of the game. Because that's where like some of the, like, the more intriguing story bits come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially some of like the story missions themselves. Uh, so there, there is a caveat with that, obviously. So if like that's a problem that you have, like maybe that's something to keep in mind. And then there's also the 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 prospect that like if you really want to get all of the story in this game, you have to play through it multiple times. Oh, because of the way they set things up in this story, you need to go into New Game Plus and do things again to see how the story will change and all that sort of stuff, which I did not do. I booted up New Game Plus once just to see, like, how the opening changed and everything, and it was basically kind of the same. There was a little bit of new dialogue here and there, but, like, other than that, I was just like, eh. <laughs> I'm good. I had my I had my story fill, and then I'm, I'm okay. I don't need to play this game again to see a little bit more content, per se. By the way, you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything with me because I've already watched Corona play it, and even though I didn't understand, I got the gist, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, the story is kind of... I feel like it's probably not, like, super intense. Like, it's not, not a game that I'd be like, holy I need to, like, go in completely blind. I need to know nothing about this because there's so big twists that are going to blow my mind. No, I mean, you've, you've, you've basically seen the big twists in that game if you play, if you watch Corona play it. Yep, I did. Um, There is obviously, like, the, the side stuff in this game. There's a lot of that. Like, there's, like, you know, big side story uh, trees of, like, you know, you do these little faction missions, kind of like, you know, if you've played Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout, all those games, they have those things, they're in this mm-hmm. as well. So if you cool. like, if you want that stuff, it's in here as well. Um, but main story-wise, like, essentially, you know, you're a miner, you find this weird thing, and it gives you a cool hallucination, and then you become a member of this group called Constellation, who are out trying to find these weird artifacts that, like, the one you found... And essentially, you know, you go around and you find these artifacts around these different planets and everything. And this is how they introduce you to, you know, the characters within Constellation because you go out and do missions with certain bits of them and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then eventually you find another group who are trying to find these artifacts who are calling themselves the Starborn. And they are very angry at you and they're like, stop doing this. Yes. Get out of here. And you have to find out exactly who these people are and everything. And then there's a time where they come and they come and attack you directly. And one of your constellation mates gets killed. Oh, Very rude. Um, but eventually that leads you down to the path of like you have to find out who these starborn are. And then at the end of the day, you, like there's two of them that are trying to like sway you in their favor. One of them like just wants all of the artifacts and is willing to do whatever it takes. The other one's trying to like find a more peaceful option, but like is trying to control the artifacts themselves as well. And 
you eventually learn that like one of them is a parallel universe version of the person who died. And then the other one is this other dude that you know who's like a minister on the planet they do your constellation bases. Um So yeah, the whole thing about this is that like hey, there's a there's parallel universes. These artifacts keep basically we keep warping to these these universes and collecting these artifacts and that's basically what we do. Um and then it it comes up to you to decide, "Hey, do you want to go along with either of these two guys' plan, or do you want to make your own plan and forge on that way, essentially? Um, I think this is where, basically, the game actually gets kind of more interesting, because, like, you get to see kind of, like, the the genesis of how all this happened, because, like, they make you go to the desolate version of Earth that's been overrun with, like, it's just, like, dead, essentially. It's a dead planet. And you have to oh. go to, like, the ruins of Cape Canaveral and find out like you know this is where they found the first artifact and what exactly happened in all this and learn that like they were able to create this like you know this new form of space travel through these artifacts but at the same time they killed earth in the process and that was a very divisive uh, thing that happened because people some people were like yo this is a big scientific technology breakthrough and other people like this is a sacrifice we should not have been willing to make what are you doing um and there's also a, a mission that as well that like you go to a like um this this like what's the word to describe it? Uh it's like a warehouse place where they're like they're 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 experimenting on an artifact there. Um but you essentially keep like going back and forth between these parallel universes where like one of them, everything's fine, but one person had died doing like exper- like doing the experiments on this, and you go to the other one where everyone else died but this person. Oh, and you find out, you see like how it's all different, how the place is all like destroyed and everything, and you just like keep having to go back and forth between the two to like advance through this this area and everything to actually get to where the artifact is and everything, and then you have to like basically make a choice of like, do I save this, save how the universe is and how I got here or do I save it where this one person survived essentially. Um, and it's a neat mission with how like you go back and forth between these, these, these parallel universes. Cause it's very, very similar to there's a Titanfall two mission where you do that. So I got very, very fun vibes from that. I was like, this is, Hey, Titanfall two is a very good game. They should, more people should steal from that. <laughs> um, but that was an interesting mission just because of how like they, they did all the parallel universe stuff and made it really work in terms of like, uh, allowing you to get between different avenue or different parts of this building and everything, and like puzzling it out to where you'd have to like go back and forth between these universes to proceed and everything. Um, it was a really cool, really cool mission. Um, but yeah, essentially, the end of the game is like you making your decision. Um, you get to talk to a parallel version of yourself. This is weird. Like, I don't have a voice. What are you, who is this person? Get out of here. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you make your choice. I made the choice to basically take everything and then go to another universe. <laughs> See you later. Bye. And then basically once you do that, the game just, you just go into new game plus and then you, uh, you, you basically start the game a little bit ahead of where the actual beginning of the game is. And then like, there's a couple of new dialogue choices to be like, Hey, I know all you people. Uh, isn't that weird? <laughs> Anyways, here's exactly what's happening. And then I guess, you know, if you keep playing the game, you'll get a little bit more story here and there and all that sort of stuff. But 
Eh. Meh. That's whatever. Um, yeah, like the main story is fine. Um, like I said, I think they the interesting things about it are in that like back third of it where they actually mm-hmm. start doing neat things with the story rather than just like I don't know generic space story type deal. So it did the opposite of what Final Fantasy 16 did because yeah, the first two yeah. thirds of Final Fantasy 16 were very good, and then the back third of it was awful. And this one's like. The first two thirds of it are okay, mm-hmm. and and then the last third is very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so opposite of Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm-hmm. Now we know. I would say that's an apt description. Well, it's funny because that's the game that like everybody was fighting over with the the like the critics on social medias. I mean, you're never going to make people happy, especially with a Bethesda game, let's be real. No, 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 you're not. And, like, Bethesda games don't tend to get, like, perfect scores or anything. Nor should they. No, they definitely shouldn't. <laughs> um, I just remember seeing a lot of people, like, complaining about, like, the score of Starfield versus Final Fantasy 16 and vice versa. Um, because people are weird and turn metacritic into a team sport or something i don't i don't know um everything's a team sport nowadays i mean you're right and it's it's exhausting but mm-hmm. um that's just the first thing that came to mind when you were saying that the the last third of this is good i was like oh hey i played a game earlier this year where the last third of the game was not good yeah uh you asked me a question before we got we went on the air I did. Should I re-ask you the question? Uh, sure. Jared, should Hello. I play Starfield since I have Xbox Game Pass? If you want, if you have time for it. I mean, it's a long game. That's the that's the thing. It's going to take you a while to get through. Uh-huh. Um, I I I think the thing about this game, and I saw someone like say, is it like it's Bethesda comfort food? Because like you mm-hmm. know what you're getting into when you play this game. Mm-hmm. You know like the style of gameplay it is, and like. If you if you enjoy those kind of open world games, like this is gonna it's gonna hit, fill that need for you essentially. Um, so like, I wouldn't say you like need to like drop everything and play it right now, but like if you if you are just interested in it, like I don't see why you shouldn't. The only thing I will say is that like it is interesting playing this game. You know, a couple of years after playing The Outer Worlds, mm-hmm. a uh, similar game, you might say in. A, a wide variety of aspects here um, right and i played that one yeah so like if you if you if you've already played like if you played that and you like you're you've gotten your fill of space open world combat of this style or open world gameplay and rpg um you're gonna just basically be playing something similar again so maybe space it out a bit but if like that's not an issue for you like Play it eventually. Space essentially. it out. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, play it eventually. Like I think it's like I said, it's fine. It's not gonna like be like, oh man, this is terrible. It's a Bethesda game. You know, if you like those Bethesda games, you're gonna like this. If you're just like, hey, these scratch a certain itch for me, it's gonna mm-hmm. scratch a certain itch for you. So, if I like play a little bit and then drop it for a bit and then come back, am I gonna be super confused? No. Okay. 
Especially early on. Early on, it's kind of just like, yeah, we're just doing stuff. We're in space. We are in space. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I, I've been debating it since I have Game Pass. And I was like, eh. Especially could. if you have Game Pass, like, there's really, like. There's no negative to it. I could just there's drop no real it if risk I don't want to play it. Yeah. Hmm. Like, you're not spending $70 on it, so. 70 doll hairs. Yeah, I mean it was. Are are you gonna are you gonna judge me if I play it in third person? No, I just I wouldn't play those games in third person because it just feels weird. How I've always done it. But that's just a preference thing. So yeah, that's how I've always done it. As long as there was an option, I did it that way. But you know me in first person. Yeah, I've always played them in first person. So that's just that's just how I've played those games. So you know me in first person stuff. That is true. I don't, I'm not good with it. It doesn't mix well with the owl. It does not at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's Starfield. Starfield. Ralph Buddy. Ah, sorry. Um, um, One last thing I wanted to mention is that this game made Chuds mad, so. Pronouns. You know, good for this game for making the Chuds mad. So dumb. People are stupid. Pro- Pronouns in a bisexual man. How dare they? God forbid there are pronouns in a bisexual man because neither of those exist in the wild. No, of course <laughs> not. Um, I, I, I hate to give them any kind of attention, but like, God, it's so weird. And honestly, like when Chuds get mad, I'm like, eh, I'm a little more interested in this now. Because uh, f- you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's uh, Starfield. It's so so you game. generally liked it. It was okay. Like a seven. Like a six. Six. Okay. But I'm a gen- that's a gen- I'm not like a seven and below like is a- the worst game ever made type deal. Right, right, right. You're like an actual out of ten. Yeah. Like not this is a good out three of- out of five. Okay. It's just in the middle. Yeah. That's that's. It's all right. And a serviceable video game. Yeah. Totally right. fine. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. Um, before we go. Before we go. Can I talk a little bit about Goodbye Volcano High? You can. Okay. I uh, I recently played through this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, of course, the dinosaur game about the end of the world happening that was unveiled on like a state of play a while back. A long time ago. Yeah. Um, 2020, apparently, is when this was. <laughs> uh, and we A lot were bo- of things have happened since 2020. A lot of things have happened. Yeah, that's true. We were both very interested in it when we saw it, and we were like, oh, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. We will definitely check this out when we uh, get to it. I'm the one who has checked it out so far, but that's just because it's a little bit more expensive than you might think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I did want to talk about just, like, the game and everything. Um. Because I did have a, a good time with it. Um, it does have like I think it is thirty dollars. Like we like um, I mentioned, is a little bit more pricey than you might expect. Um, there are a bit of performance issues in this game that uh, by the time I'd played through it weren't necessarily patched through all the way. So like that was kind of a disappointment. Um, so if that's like a hindrance for you, especially with that price point, you know, might want to wait till it goes on sale or something like that. Um, the gameplay as well is kind of basic. Like the rhythm game aspects of it are okay they don't do anything like super 
wild or anything, but you know, it's serviceable. Uh, but I think the, the fun things about this game is the story and the writing. Um, mm-hmm. that's where the game really shines. Um, because like I, the idea, I think the, the coolest thing about this game and like the most interesting about this thing, thing about this game is that, you know, it takes place, you know, right before like, you know, the, the dinosaurs get wiped off the face of the earth essentially. Right. Right. Um, right. But this places them in like a society where like it's modern day society where like, you know, they have, you know, schools and everything, but like all these sorts of things that we already have. Social media. Social media especially is the thing. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting to see like all of these people wrapping their heads around the fact like this cataclysmic event could be happening at some point and they're just posting on social media about it and like trying to wrap their heads around it by, you know, posting memes or something or stuff like that or making snarky remarks about it and all that sort of stuff. Um, the humor it, you showed me was really good. It's very good. It's just, it's it's very realistic, especially for a pink I think people our age. Yeah. Um like our sense it's of very humor. Coded. Yeah. So like I think that really, really works in this game. Um, like I said, like they they send out a report like, hey, there's a there's an asteroid that could be coming to Earth soon. We don't know exactly the details, but that seems a little bit sketchy. And then one of your friends immediately texts you a meme about it, and it's like, all right, yeah, okay, this is this is what this game's going for. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Nope. Um, but yeah, you can. It's interesting as well because like. Once it starts getting closer and closer, you start to see kind of like more of the anxiety in people, but also just more people just being like, I, "What do we got? What do we do? I don't know. I'm just, just going to post through this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be on social media and doing this sort of thing." Um, and then just like the the actual overall arching story as well is a very you know it's a coming of age story about you know the protagonist who is non-binary trying to. Um, find her way through high, the her senior year of high school while all of this is happening while she's trying to get right trying trying to get their band together to perform at this battle of the bands thing so they can finally take off but their bandmates aren't necessarily on the same page per se in terms of like having this be their career sort of sort of deal and it's a lot yeah. of like them having to like you know come to terms with all of that and like figure out exactly how to wrap all of that around their head in terms of, you know, this being a problem and also the fact, hey, the end of the world's about to happen. <laughs> That's kind of bad. It's kind of bad. Um, yeah, a lot of the, the main characters are just, like, very fun and well-written. Um, so, like, it's it's definitely, it relies a lot on its writing, and it's very good writing. So, like, that's that's a key thing that really excels in this game. And it's it's definitely one of those things as well. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but, like, Writing humor in video games is a hard thing. It is very, very hard. Um, obviously, because humor itself is very subjective, but just like a lot of times, video game humor is just not good. <laughs> Cringy or just like written in a way that people wouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And this, this just feels like the way people would talk. Mm-hmm. Like this feels like stuff you would see in real life. So I mean, you sent me some stuff that you were seeing. And I was like, holy. Shit. Like, this just feels like something we would say. Yeah, hang on. I can probably pull up some, 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 uh, <laughs> some, some choices here. Oh, I'm getting stabbed. Ow. Don't get stabbed. Uh, I'm like not this, meaning to. This tweet that said, Meteor D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's really funny. It's very good. 
or this one it says wouldn't it be funny if an idiot with a ton of money bought this site and then drove it into the ground wonder what that's about huh <laughs> I simply will not just get hit by the asteroid when it gets here rip to you guys but I'm built different <laughs> Uh, I think the one that made me laugh the most was w this one that says, guys, it's okay. We just all have to vote in the elections this fall and we'll be okay. That one was really good. <laughs> Followed by, but what about the economy? The economy! And this economy? <laughs> so good. It's really funny. Like that. That's just like, that's the, the social media part in a nutshell. It's just very good, very well written. Right. Um, and yeah, like it's it's a short game, um, which you kind of expect, uh, maybe like six to eight hours at most to get through. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a, it's an enjoyable time for sure if you uh, if you want to play it. Uh, the downside of this is is that you know would you be surprised that Chuds were very mad about this game? Chuds getting mad. Mm -hmm. This is the second game we talked about this stream where Chuds yeah. get mad. Four uh, Chan basically did did some bad stuff about this like hate rating the discord of the development team they also made a parody game called snoot game which is I basically snoot. which is basically a right wing version of this game with all the characters and all that sort of stuff but instead of like fang the main character being non-binary excuse me uh they decide to transition into an actual gender at the end of it because it can't be non-binary anything like that it's Ew. very bad it's very stinky you. that people are dips like this. Yeah, that's lame. Very lame. Blech. Big bleh to them. Get out of here. I was going to say they need a hobby, but like, I don't know. Maybe they just need to get a life. Go touch grass. That, that, that's good advice. Go touch grass, but not the grass that is in the front of my apartment complex right now because it's a hole. <laughs> it's a hole. <laughs> or just fall into that hole. Or fall care. into the hole. You know that's what? I don't care. That's fine with me. That's fine with me too. Oh, man. Uh, you don't but have yeah. to come out of the hole. Just stay there. Yeah, you can stay there. It's fine. Uh, yeah, this game, I really had an, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, fantastic writing. And just, it's an interesting concept, I think. Mm -hmm. I so, should have gotten it when it was on sale. Yeah, I I think it's one of those games like once you once you play it specifically, you'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think other people as well. If like they decide to get it, they will find it enjoyable as well. Yay! So there's that. I just wanted to briefly talk about that because I had recently played it, and I figured this was as good a time as any to talk about it. Makes sense. So there you go. Uh, yeah, that's goodbye, Volcano High, and I think that's gonna do it for us this week. So, if you would like more from us, head on over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool is where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared Now Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to AnnLadium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at AnimeCheckup. Follow us on Blue Sky at SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com. You can buy our books, One Shining Moment, A Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs, and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Mm-hmm. Next week, our final episode of October. Oh, shit. So we'll talk about something 
for the final episode of October. <laughs> that's all. That's all I can say. <laughs> that's all I got. Yep.